Well, today is the fifth and final week of our series, Hear Us Roar. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, I've enjoyed studying uh, the different women in the Bible that um, have, for whatever reason, been chosen by God and also because of their character been chosen by God uh, to kind of further His mission and further His will in the world. Uh, This is by no means an exhaustive list, so I would encourage you to do some study on your own. Uh, But today, our fifth and final week, we are going to be looking at Mary uh, Martha's sister, also known as Mary of Bethany. She was the sister of Lazarus. Um, and she's best known for how selfless she was because she was a completely selfless human being. So we're going to look at her story today. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, just a question to think about, to ponder. Have you ever experienced a truly selfless act? Um, something that somebody did for you just because they wanted to or just because they thought to do it, but really because they had nothing to gain in return. Um, We don't see a lot of that, right? If we're just being honest, we do not see a lot of that. And that's why when we do see it, we celebrate it so much because it's just not an everyday occurrence. And that's a little unfortunate. I I wish that it was. I wish that it wasn't um, so shocking at times when we saw something like that occur that we felt like, hey, we need to record this and share it with the world so the world can see that this type of kindness still occurs. In the Bible, uh, Mary, the sister of Martha, or Mary of Bethany, I'm just going to call her Mary from this point forward, but hopefully you understand which Mary we're talking about, stands out for her selflessness. Her story teaches us some very important things about the outlook that we should have on life and in our world today. Now, her story is shared in three Gospels. We see it in Matthew, Mark, and John. We are going to be in John today, chapter 12. It's verses 1 through 8. And this is what it has to say to us. It says that six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took out a pint of pure nard. I love that. Pure nard. Uh, An expensive perfume. Now, listen, if you're an office fan, you automatically just got distracted because you're thinking of the nard dog. Okay, I need you to put that out of your head for just a little bit. You can go back to that later. We're talking about perfume here. Now, it was an expensive perfume. It goes on to say that. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, we all know about that guy, uh, who was later who would later betray him, objected. And he said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. Guys, a year's wages. A perfume that costs a year's wages. I'm, we're going to talk about spending habits one day, and this will be brought up again. I don't, I don't know. That's crazy to me. It blows my mind. And he did not say this because he cared about the poor. We all know Judas' intentions. But because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. But Jesus spoke out and he says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. The first thing that Mary teaches us in this story and in this lesson is that nothing, nothing should distract us from Jesus. Nothing in our world should distract us from Jesus. Now, money is a major motivator, okay? It's a major motivator, I would say, for almost all of us. And I, listen, that itself is not a bad thing. We have to have money to pay bills and to put gas in our cars to get to work and keep electricity on and all, all of those things. Like money is important to our lives. We all know that. So money itself is not evil. But 
our attitude towards money and the, the hold that money can have on our um, beings and our lives can be a very, very negative influence. And so it can quickly become a negative force if we let it, if, if our focus becomes too much on the money. So if Mary's focus here is, this cost me a year's worth of wages. This perfume that, that I'm using cost me a year's worth of wages. Maybe she lets that distract her from what it is that she's supposed to be doing for Jesus in this time. What it is that she feels called to do for Jesus in this time. And I think that a lot of us at times can be distracted by various things. A lot of times money. And it kind of prevents us from, from acting in a way that we feel like we should because that's just going to put a little dent in our pocket maybe. Maybe it's not going to make our day-to-day as comfortable. Matthew 6.24 says that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now this verse is a very, um, I'll say, popular verse to preach on when you talk about giving a tithe. We're not doing that today. This verse talks about money in so much that that's what was directed at the audience at the time that it was written. But it introduces a biblical principle that we have to have ingrained in us as we live our lives. And it's this, that nothing, absolutely nothing, can take the place of our relationship with Jesus. That number one, the priority number one, is to make sure that our master is Christ the Son and God the Father. That our focus is there at all times. Now, I think it's obviously good advice that we can't let money control our lives. We can't um, allow it to, to have such a hold on us. But literally nothing can come before Christ. And so, you know, it's, it, it's, maybe that's your relationship with your husband or your wife. Maybe that's your, your relationship with your kids. Maybe that's your focus on work. Maybe that's your focus on a hobby. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. A lot of times all of us can have different things that come into uh, play in our life that at, at times is taking the place of what Jesus should. In my life, it's kind of transitioned as I've gone. If I find myself not having God first, like when I was younger, there was a time where I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but quite frankly, it was video games. Like, I could not wait to get on my system after school and, like, I wouldn't do homework and, or I'd get my homework done at school so I could just come right home and get the fingers going. Really nimble fingers, thanks to, I don't know, video games. That, that was not something I should have said. I don't know where that came from. But my point is this. It can be anything. It can be anything. There was a time in my life, believe it or not, even though what I look like now, it was working out where like my focus was 100% on I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lift and I'm going to get strong and I would spend like three hours a night at the gym doing various things to try to get beefy. And I, I was strong. There was a point in my life where I was real, real strong. Like, you want me to break through that wall? I will do it. Uh, if you want me to lift this entire tree that fell over and take it to the burn pile, I will do that as well. Like I thought I had skills and I made these things important. But these were things that weren't important. These were things that throughout the course of life, on into eternity, have no effect. And, and really, honestly, quite frankly, just didn't matter. Does that mean that we can't have hobbies? Does that mean that we can't work out? Does that mean that we can't do other things? Not at all. It just means that at the very tip top of the list is Jesus. And in fact, it means that there's not even a list. It's Jesus, and then there's a list. Right? Jesus is his own Thing. Our relationship with God is of utmost importance. And so 
Mary could have allowed herself to be distracted by what she was giving up. But she didn't let that happen. Mary understood this, this principle as good as anyone in Scripture. As good as anyone in Scripture. She comes into this room with Christ and His disciples and they're having a feast and I imagine that they're having a good time and they're probably cracking jokes and laughing. I mean, this was supposed to be a party. It was in Jesus' honor. And, and I don't know that this was the case because I wasn't there in case you were wondering. But... Um, I just picture her as being completely focused on Jesus. Just walking in the room and just like seeing him and thinking, I've got to do this. And just walking over to Jesus and emptying out this perfume on his feet. And, the, and we see that in John and in, in the other two Gospels that it talks about. We're told that she also poured some on his head. And so she covers him from head to toe. And with her own hair, with her own hair, she cleans his body. Now, this Mary was not a poor woman. Okay, this is often a thing that she would have a servant do. Or if it was like washing a guest's feet, she'd call one of her servants in, hey, I need you to wash the guest's feet. She was a woman that uh, obviously could have per- afford a perfume that cost a year's worth of wages. So, I mean, th- this isn't some downcast, lowly, like just in awe of who Jesus was type of person necessarily. Like, she was friends with Jesus, and Lazarus was arguably one of Jesus' best friends. And, and so, like, she had a relationship with this guy. She knew who she, he was. It would have been very common for a woman in her position to bring someone else in to do the job. And yet, she humbles herself, and she empties this perfume on Jesus, and with her own hair. By the way, hair that's still attached to her body. Like, can you imagine cleaning someone's feet with your hair? Jake can't. But the rest of us, like, can, can you guys, can, uh, sorry, <laughs> can, can you guys imagine doing that thinking, I'm going to clean this person with the hair that's attached to my body. She completely humbles herself and she does this for Jesus. She is performing a beautiful, selfless act, giving away a perfume that would have cost her an entire year's worth of wages, but also humbling herself before the Lord out of recognition of who he was and out of seeing that this was something that she was supposed to do for him. And she let nothing else distract her from that. And what does she get for this beautiful, selfless act? She gets reprimanded by Judas. How dare you waste this perfume it's worth a year's worth of wages. We could have saved it or sold it and, and given that money to the poor. The second thing we learn is that Mary shows us that we can't allow ourselves to be discouraged by the attitudes of others. And she could have easily seen, heard what Judas said and, and just been broken down by it or even been worried about it before she ever walked into the room and said, because this is going to be their outlook, because somebody may feel this way, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I've learned in life, although it, honestly it has been a tough lesson, that you cannot control the actions of others. You cannot control the actions of others. What you can control is your response to them. What you can control is your behavior, but you cannot control the actions of other people. And so in life, you can get really focused on how somebody's wronged you and what they're doing and how they're behaving and how they're acting, and quite frankly, none of that matters. What's important, what is vitally important is how you behave and how you act and what you chose to do and how you respond to others in situations like that. We can't let what others may think or what others may say or what others may do influence what it is that we do for Christ. 
Because my relationship with Christ is just that, it's mine. And your relationship with Christ is just that, it's yours. And if Christ has called you to do something, if you truly feel in your heart of hearts that God has called you to do something, it shouldn't matter what anybody else has to say or what anyone else has done. You should do that thing because of who you are serving. And that's what it means to be selfless. And that's what Mary showed. 1 Corinthians 15, 33-34 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God, and I say this to your shame. See, it is sinful when we allow others to influence our behavior. It is sinful when we look at somebody else and say, because they did that, now I'm not going to do this. But what if what you were going to do was a good thing? What if what you were going to do was in the service of God? What if you were going to do was a selfless act? Should you not do it now because so-and-so is involved? Now listen, I've been there. I'm human. I get what it's like to be involved with somebody or to have to work with somebody that you don't necessarily enjoy all the time or ever for that matter. But that doesn't mean that we get to not perform our duties because we have an issue with somebody else in the room where we maybe have to perform those duties. We cannot let others influence what we do for Christ and in life in general. We can't let others control our actions. Maybe it's the constant negativity they bring. Maybe it's snide comments. Maybe they're just annoying. Like maybe that's just not a personality match. And in your heart of hearts, in your mind, you're just like, I just cannot, I do not mesh with this person. I don't know what it is, but I don't like them. And guess what? You know what God said? I don't care. You know what Jesus says? Hey, I don't care. Because at no point did God ever say, hey, do what you want as long as you get along with the people you're doing it with. Or, Listen, this is what I need you to do, but hey, if you run into any bumps along the road and, and you don't like who you're coming into contact with, just go ahead and head home. Like Jonah tried that. Hey, I don't like these people. And God's like, hey, here's a, here's a fish, a giant fish. See what it's like to be in the stomach. Like my guess was gross, okay? So it makes it pretty clear that, hey, your, your comfort, your opinion in this matter doesn't really matter too much if I've called you to do it. If I've called you to do it, like Moses tried to beg his way out of leading the Israelites to the promised land, didn't work out well for him. Because when God calls us to do something, we are supposed to do it regardless of our comfort level, regardless of the people surrounding us, regardless of the negative influences that may be in our lives telling us not to do it. And if Mary would have thought too much about, well, they're going to tell me that this was a waste, because listen, Judas's thinking here probably is not that far out of line with that day and age's thought. Like the rest of the disciples understood what the, he, she was doing and saw the beauty in it. But just from an outside perspective, somebody like pouring an entire year's wages worth of perfume on another person's body would have probably been looked at as wasteful. So I don't think it would have been too far out of her conscience to think, what if somebody thinks I'm, just, you know, what if somebody doesn't understand this? What if they think I'm just wasting this money? What, what if they, you know, what about that? And she could have easily said, I'm not going to do it because I just don't want to face that. And she could have easily been crumbled after Judas was like, what are you doing? Because that's basically what he said. What are you doing? Are you nuts? That cost a year's worth of wages. We could have sold that, given it to the poor. How dare you? How dare you? 
Whatever our issues may be with people, they cannot become our issues with God. Whatever our issues may be with people, they cannot become our issues with God. If you feel like you should be doing something, then do it. It doesn't matter what others think. If you feel that God has called you to do something, and you are confident in that, then do it. And the scripture makes it clear that Judas' intentions for questioning her, they weren't pure, right? They were not pure. He wanted a little dip of that money. He was taking money for himself out of the coin purse, and he wanted to sell it because he could profit from it. But for Mary, this was an act of love. And our decisions must be made by personal conscience, not public opinion. Jesus makes it something else very clear in this passage. And he does it through the gift that Mary had given him. And that's this, that we need to appreciate what we have in life while we have it. We need to appreciate what we have in life while we have it. Christ makes it clear that Mary did a good thing. He responds to Judas and says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Life is too short for us not to recognize what we have been blessed with. Life is too short to live with regret or to let others influence the way that we choose to live our life. My family lost a family friend this week, and it wasn't easy. Um, He's been here a few times. His name is Butch Greer. His wife, Jill, comes uh, more regularly. And part of the reason for that is because soon after he came, he was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, they thought it was confined to his kidney, and he had a surgery to remove that kidney. And uh, throughout the recovery, he just was not doing well. And he, uh, from one week, as I was talking to their family this week, and I, I got to have one last conversation with Butch, I was talking to the family. From one week, everything on his scans looked clear, and then literally a week later, cancer had spread throughout his entire body in a week. And he's surrounded by his loved ones and his family, and and he said something that I think is going to stick with me for a long time because I'll be honest, this is the first situation like that in my pastoral career that I've had to deal with. And so I was having conversations with him and I just wanted to make sure that he had everything in life in order and I was talking to him about his relationship with God and I just told him, I said, look, I don't think I'd be doing my job if I didn't at least ask you and make sure that you had everything with God lined out, that, that your spiritual matters were in order as well. And he began to talk about the personal relationship that he had with God. And then he said something that honestly took me back a little bit because I don't think, at least the way I think now, I'm not sure I'd have that same outlook. But he told me, he said, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I've lived a great life. And God has blessed me with so many wonderful things. And I just see that outlook in life and I just wonder how many of us Take the time to realize all that we have been blessed with. And does it really have to come to a situation like that? And I'm not saying that it did for him, but, but I think oftentimes in, in times like that, even when we see it around us, we're forced to kind of take a step back and look at everything and just realize how much everything means to us and how important the important things are. And he taught me something that was extremely important for me in this time because I have so much going on in life that I just can't be distracted from the good things that I have. Sometimes we get so busy 
that we just lose track of the things that God has blessed us with. And sometimes we focus so much on what others may think or what others are doing that we lose track of what it is that we have and what it is that God has called us to do. And if we have a personal relationship with God, a lot like Butch did, then it's important for us to understand the blessings that God has given us, appreciate those while we have them, and not let others influence the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis because we are called to be selfless human beings. And we are called to help others when we can. Mary lived the way that we are all supposed to live. She was selfless. She was a servant. She took what God had blessed her with in her life and used it to be a blessing to him and to be a blessing to the kingdom. And she didn't allow herself to be influenced by the actions of others or the attitudes of others. She put Christ before everything. I found this verse and I think it's extremely important. I think it applies really well. Philippians 4.8 Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let us all maintain the focus that we are supposed to have. And that focus is on that which is right and that which is good and that which God has called us to do. Let us all act because we should, not because it feels good or not because we have something to gain for it or not because we're worried about what somebody may think about us, but let's, let's act because we should. And let's give beyond what we may think is reasonable to honor the God who gave everything, everything for us. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, for what it is that you have meant not only in my life, but in the life of so many people. God, you truly have blessed all of us. If, if we have anything that is good in this world, God, we can thank you for that because our lives are our blessings, our gifts from you. And it's real easy to lose our focus and it's real easy to think that we have done something great. But God, you are what is great in this world. And good comes from you. And so I pray that as we look over this entire study, God, that we we see these women who had just impeccable character, who were connected with you and who understood who you were and acted in life because of that. God, give us the courage that they've shown. Give us the ability to love others that they have shown. Help us to be selfless in our actions. Help us to be pure in our thoughts. And Lord, let us appreciate everything that it is that you have given us. Because the greatest gift, God, that you have ever given us was your son, Jesus. And as Mary spent a year's worth of wages to prepare him for the burial that he was about to have. God, I hope we see the selflessness and the love in her actions and strive to repeat those in our day-to-day lives as well. We ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.